Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome in on this Wednesday morning, November 10th. I'm not saying the date to anybody other than myself. I'm just trying to remember what date it is. You're having a hard time with that, Luke? Uh, ever since about March 11th of 2020, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what day oh, or month Oh my goodness, man. A little midday battle, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it ought to be called. We're coming up with this. I'm telling you right now, Rick, get ready for this. The midday medal. At some point in time, right, we are going to we're going to develop a beautiful part of the program that highlights the best metal ever. Do you want me to play the drums? Um, no, I do not want okay. you to play the uh, the drums once again. But man, this is eight and one. You can feel it right now. The Arizona Cardinals are eight and one. Ron Wolfley reporting today is Wednesday. Of course, we know what a big game plan day it is on Wednesday. It is where typically most of the time it's your heaviest day throughout the week, not only for your offense, but for your defense as well, your transition, special teams. It's a heavy, heavy day, the heaviest of the week today, Wednesday, game plan day. You can feel the 8-1, and one. Uh, Wolf. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you can certainly feel how they could go 9-1. and one. Not like Sam Darnold is the answer for Carolina. That has become abundantly clear through nine weeks, but Sam Darnold's not going to be playing this weekend against the Cardinals. It's going to be a backup quarterback, P.J. Walker. XFL great. So apparently that apparently XFL great. Or that was a good drop by you, Rick. Was, right that, was that over the air or just XFL in our ears? XFL great. Okay. That was over the air. Okay, okay good. Um, look, it's. Uh, I don't know how much that helps the Cardinals because yeah. Sam Darnold was obviously struggling, but it is some more disarray for the Carolina Panthers who already aren't as good as the Cardinals. Wow, you know what? Honestly, right now, anybody but Sam Darnold. That's what I think a lot of the Carolina Panthers <laughs> are thinking. I, I, I'm, sir, I'm not trying to attack Sam Darnold in any way, shape, or form. I kid you not. But uh, based on what I saw Robbie Anderson do, based on what I saw right there, um, you know what? It's open season on Sam Darnold inside that locker room. I'm sure he's been a he's he's been a turnover machine. If you watch the tape and it's been horrific, there are some listen, all interceptions are not created equal. They are not. There are some that uh, your teammates watch it and go, oh, man, I can see why that happened right there. Right, yeah. That was a tough one. That was a small window. We tried to get that in it there. Right? I something. understand it gets tipped at the line of scrimmage, whatever it may be. Uh, not all interceptions are created equal. You look at Sam Darnold and some of the picks that he's thrown over the last three weeks, and he has teammates. I'll promise you, inside that locker room saying, dude, what are you doing? There is no way I can see you reading the coverage, seeing coverage, and making that throw. No way. And that's where he's at right now. I did find myself wondering what the reaction was secretly, probably among some of his teammates. Not that they want him to be hurt, but when they get the news, oh yeah, actually P.J. Walker's going to be starting this week. Because I wonder if it's kind of what you just said of anybody but Sam Darnold, because yes. it's not working with Sam hey, Darnold. Once again, what I saw from Robbie Anderson on the sideline, that, that was mutiny. I was th- calling that. That wasn't hidden. 
No, I, I was calling that mutiny yesterday. That's exactly what it was. You've got your your quarterback, who is your starting quarterback. I'm not going to call him a franchise quarterback, obviously. But you got a guy that is your starting quarterback, by far and away the best quarterback on your roster. And you get that. You get Robbie Anderson walking by and yelling at the, the quarterback to knock it off. And suddenly your quarterback doesn't yell back, puts his cap on, turns away, and looks away from the field. That was a bad look for Sam Darnold. This is Matt Rule uh, talking about that very thing. Not that specific incident, but just the horrible quarterback play Carolina has been getting. Play at that position has to be better. Obviously, when you're the quarterback, you're depending on everybody else around you. I thought Sam played an excellent game last week against Atlanta, um, but uh, yesterday was obviously not not the best. And he, he's a tough guy. He went out there and, and competed for his team. You know, coming off missing some some time during the week, so uh, nothing's ever on just one guy. But but the, the play has to be better. So in terms of you know where we are moving forward and all those different things, you know we'll all you know we'll we'll obviously always try to do whatever it takes to be great. I'm not going to get into hypotheticals and all those things. I, I just kind of handle things one bit at a time, see where Sam's health is, um, and then make the best decisions after that. See, for Carolina, you are a half game out of a playoff spot right now, but also you would probably be better off in the long run drafting a quarterback. Not that you would purposely lose, but I'm just saying like they may, oh, fall, no way. They may fall into that really bad spot where you're just going to kind of be like picking 11th and not making the playoffs and not getting your quarterback. They've lost five of six games right now, and so much of it has got to do with penalties. They're the most penalized team in the league and takeaways, meaning turnovers, giveaways for the Carolina Panthers. They've got 15 of those on the season right now. Only three other teams have given the ball away more than the Carolina Panthers. Only three. It's been a combination of penalties and turnovers that has just destroyed the chemistry, I'm sure, inside that locker room with the Carolina Panthers right now. That and the fact that, again, they started so well, 3-0, and and now five of six they've lost, and it's been bad. Now, uh, Cardinals fans may look at this game and be like, didn't we just play Carolina last year? Yeah, it was one of the losses after the 2-0 start. And then, if you're Wolf, you may look and say, didn't they just play Carolina the year before, too? Yes. Why do they play Carolina every year? Man, I, I have no idea what is going on. <laughs> Are we right trying there? to create coast some sort of rivalry? Coast, exactly. Uh, but as you brought up before... It's th- back to Jake the Lowe! That's... <laughs> <laughs> Who was, uh, yeah. Remember Brian? that? They ended, they, they, yeah. they ended Jake DeLome's career for the most part in the postseason right there. It goes back to the NFC Championship, Five too. Five interceptions. He had that year for the Browns. Yeah, that's not really. Yeah, right. <laughs> he did play again. Rick, turn your mic off. <laughs> um, your XFL and mediocre Browns commentary notwithstanding. If, you, if you're looking back to that game two years ago, it was similar in the sense that Carolina had to run a backup quarterback out there against the Cardinals. Carolina won the game. In fact, Carolina's been beating the Cardinals quite a bit lately, so maybe there's a little uh, revenge owed to Carolina this weekend. But, Wolf, do you remember the game two years ago? Carolina won 38-20. Kyle Allen was the quarterback. <sighs> I knew there was something right there. This was just weird. It happened at State Farm Stadium base. It only means it was 2019, correct? 2019, 20, week three. 2019, week three. And I believe we all thought this is it. This is where Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, they're going to get a W, right? Get, not only that, they're first. Because remember, that season started with the tie against Detroit. Yes. Never forget, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury's career started with the tie. Yes. 
Then they actually almost beat Baltimore in Baltimore in week two, I remember? remember 23-17 loss. Yes. And so week three was Carolina. But Carolina was going with Kyle Allen, and so you figured, okay, this is it. <laughs> Kyle, there it is, Kyle Allen, and uh, no offense against Kyle Allen, a local product, of course, but man, Kyle Allen went out there and he threw how many touchdown passes? Uh, four touchdowns, no interception, <laughs> 144.4 quarterback well, rate. Well, <laughs> everybody, let's hope that P.J. Walker doesn't do that against the Cardinals <laughs> at State Farm Stadium. Yeah. You know what? It's so, it was so weird because you juxtapose that game in 2019 with the Carolina Panthers and that stadium with a backup quarterback. You juxtapose that to what we're most likely to see this Sunday with P.J. Walker at State Farm Stadium. This, this one could get ugly quickly. And I would not be surprised at all based on the vibe that is inside the Arizona Cardinals locker room right now what is going on in Colt McCoy how well Colt McCoy played but understand this right now the one thing the Carolina Panthers can do they can play defense that is the one thing I will promise you right now that they can do they can get to the quarterback which makes me say Kyler are you really sure your ankle is 100% right now because you might want to sit out um they can get to the passer it's what they do they have excellent DBs in that secondary. They have a good pass defense as well. So to me right now, line up and run the ball. Well, I would hope they have good players in that secondary. They've traded for everybody that was available this year. Yeah, they've got a lot of talent in that secondary. That much I do know. A lot of talent. Yeah, C.J. Henderson, right? They went out. Stephon they Gilmore. They brought him in. Yeah. They've got Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, of course. They've got talent in that secondary, especially at the corner. Week 10 of the NFL season kicks off tomorrow night, and there's still time to sign up for Bix Picks. Text Pick 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize of a tailgate package featuring a Yeti Tundra cooler and grill courtesy of Modelo Especial. Weekly winners will receive a $100 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. I'll take that. Just text Pick to 620-620 to enter. Coming up, how crucial is it for DeAndre Ayton to get back on the court soon? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Work boots, shiny leather loafers. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, we got Suns Blazers coming up tonight. So Phoenix trying to extend that five-game winning streak, maybe get a little uh, vengeance on Portland, who... It's really the only team that's handled the Suns this season, 134-105, to that third game of the year where Portland, I don't think, missed a three-pointer, Wolf. I think they just hit all of them. Yeah, it was pretty incredible right there. Dame coming to the house tonight. Yeah, he um, he has not been himself this year. I mean, he's, he hasn't been bad, but he's not, he's not hitting shots the way he has been hitting them in the past. That game earlier this year, by the way, they hit 21 threes. Portland did against the Yeah, Suns. no, that, that is the big question right now after, what is it, 10 games now for the Trailblazers? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with Dame Lillard? Because he's really been struggling mightily through the first 10 games. He's like 33%, I think, from the field, if I'm not mistaken. 33 from the field and 21% from three? Yeah. It's, it's it, ridiculously bad. He's uh, it's still up around 19 points a game. But yeah, the actual the the stats it, it sort of it underlies the fact that they're almost too dependent on him. Yeah, you said that he's shooting thirty six point five percent 
Oh, up to 25% from three. So okay, not, not Damian go. Lillard, a guy that's a career 37% three-point shooter. Yes, yeah. exactly right. He's not been playing well. Let's put it that way. No, and you can see it because if he doesn't play great, that team isn't yeah, very good. you're right. And uh, and he did, he played pretty well in the first meeting against the Suns. Six of 11, two of seven from three, 19 points. Um, so the Suns have a chance to go out there. This is a... Um, it's uh, it's you got a matchup now between two teams, and I don't want to draw too many specific comparisons, but you have two teams that are dealing with investigations within their front office now in Portland and the Suns meeting up tonight. And uh, we have I don't have the Damian Lillard audio, but I have the Chris Paul audio from last week talking about how he needs his team and how he and the other guys in the locker room are trying to navigate through this right now. I don't think it's hard. I think for us, um, most of us, since we were kids, that's sort of our happy place. You know what I mean? You know, that's sort of like our sanctuary, you know, where when we get out on that court, um, that's what we focused on. But like we said, we'll we'll wait like everyone else, you know, for the due diligence to be done. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to, you know, keep working. So that was Chris Paul from a week ago talking about just how the Suns are trying to work their way through everything and, and you know, kind of bind together in this. And Wolf, it is worth pointing out, I mean, they have not lost a game. So if, if the if the stuff that very peripherally has something to do with them and it doesn't have anything to do with them as individuals, if that were going to be a distraction, it does not appear it's distracting them. No, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's interesting because the Trailblazers, of course, they're going through their own NBA investigation with President of Basketball Operations Neil Olchi as well. Um, And I thought it was really, really cool what Dame Lillard said about this yesterday. And we're going to get that sound for you, Basin Orleans, but I need to read it to you right now because I think it is exactly what you just heard from Chris Paul. Dame Lillard said, The best way to lead is to to focus on leading the team. You know, we play basketball. You know, my job is to be the point guard and the captain of this team and to continue to do that. You know, the, the games continue. You know, our jobs continue. That's all we can do. You know, that's what we control is doing our job and being prepared um, and me being here for 10 years now being a, a big part of this organization and this team is my job to continue to do that you know the way that I have you know that's what I can control and that's what I'll do ding 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 ladies and gentlemen we have a winner do we not it's called Dame Lillard he just nailed it that's all you can do in a situation like this and I do believe that again when you're getting attacked from the outside it can have an impact on that locker room because it is the one respite maybe that you have in your day is inside that locker room or out on the floor when you're actually competing. It can galvanize a locker room and bring dudes together. Um, there's no doubt about it, man. It doesn't, it doesn't divide. It brings a locker room together. Any type of flare-up that happens inside the locker room, that can divide a locker room. There's no denying that. Yeah. But anything that happens outside of that locker room, outside of that bunker, man, it can galvanize some brothers. It, it can. Um, I'll be interested to see how the Blazers handle this all season. You know, when Chris Paul's talking about that, and I believe 100% with Damian Lillard said, Damian Lillard is one of my favorite players in the NBA in the last 10 years. There's, there's no doubt yeah, about it. I, I love Damian. I don't know how you can, how yep. you can not like him. Yeah, play a little uh, bit more defense. Honestly, for me, maybe a little play a little bit more, but his personality and, and the the talent that he is, I love. Um, when Chris Paul is talking last week, 
I think we all kind of have in the back of our minds, yeah, I mean, this team just went to the finals last year. They know what they can do as a team. So when they are like, if it comes to it and they're just like, you know what? Forget all the outside noise. We're going to do what we do together out there on the court. And like Chris Paul said, that's our sanctuary anyway. We can put it all out of our minds for a few hours. Because, again, they had nothing to do with any of this. Then, um, you know, it's they go out there and they've, they've won every game since. Whereas with Portland, I'm not saying they're going to fall apart, but they are not a team collectively at the level of the Suns. They're 5-6 and six right now. They are very dependent on Damian Lillard. Now they got C.J. McCollum. Uh, they've got Norman Powell. They've got other good players on that team. But there's a there's a better chance for things to start to go south with the Blazers, whether it has anything to do with their front office stuff or not. You know what I mean? So it, there there may be more negativity around them uh, in that spot. But the other storyline for this game tonight for the Suns is uh, no DeAndre Ayton, and it uh, sounds like no Landry Shamit in this one either. So for Ayton specifically, Wolf, uh, he's... He's missing a good chunk of games here early on this season. Yeah. And it's something that we kind of touched on before the season began when all the max extension stuff was out there. You know, what if he goes out there and he misses 20, 25 games this season? How does that impact all that? It depends how he plays on the remaining games. I would, I would say that that would be my answer to you right there. I honestly look. I know he's only played in six games so far this season, and he's going to miss what his fourth. This will be his fourth. His fourth game here tonight. They're th- um, they're three and zero in the games without him, which is not to say that they're better without DeAndre Ayton, but they can get by without him at least. Yeah, the, well, that's good. I think it speaks to the depth that James Jones has built here for the Phoenix Suns. Um, DeAndre Ayton, for the most part, has averaged a double-double, uh, 14 and 11. He's played okay. He's been good. Um, he's been good. I think solid is what I would call uh, DeAndre Ayton right now, if not spectacular. He has not been spectacular, in my opinion. He's been solid right now. And Yet at the same time, on the defensive end of the floor, you can tell the Phoenix Suns are not the same. They're not the same to me no. without DeAndre Ayton. No, no. They they do need, well, <laughs> they, it, they're better with him out there. I don't know. I mean, that that's sort of my question. If, if they play, have to play 20 or 25 games this season, let's say they had to play 20 games and they finished like 15 and 5 or 16 and 4 in those games. I mean, if you're James Jones, aren't you pointing to that during contract negotiations and being like, look, DA, we love you, but we can get other guys to fill that role. Maybe you're not getting a max deal. You're just getting a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, JaVale McGee, when he's out of the floor, there's no doubt about it. He, he's out of the floor. He is a shot blocker extraordinary. He's a much better shot blocker than DA ever dreamt of being. Um, he could teach Da to do that, please. Yeah, <laughs> like, Da know, has the pieces to be that honestly, shot blocker. You have to wonder at some point in time how that doesn't rub off on a guy like that. I, I remember, man, just all the guys that influenced me, all the guys that I played with, the teammates that poured into me. I learned so much more when it comes to a tactical level, how to do things out on the football field. I learned more from a player than I ever did a coach. Maybe he will, though. I mean, they really haven't had a guy like JaVale McGee here since D.A. got here. Right, So maybe exactly. over the course of the season, some of it will rub off. Yeah, and you know what? DeAndre Ayton, too, was moving really, really well before I actually uh, before he suffered this injury. He was moving very, very well, and that encouraged me because he was moving his feet. You know me. This is, this is a big deal to me. The, the evolution, if you will, of DeAndre Ayton getting better, it means that he's got to 
He's got to get better at the how. He's got to. That will help him get better as a player just by how he stands on the floor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this because I know there are people out there that are saying, knock it off. No, I'm telling you right now, if he just stood better on the court, um, he'll get better as a player because he's ready to get better as a player. Bend your knees, stick your butt out, get your arms ready to go. And we've seen him do this. And this is the thing that I saw before he got hurt, before he suffered this injury. He was he was starting to move his feet, and his posture was so much better inside. And if he continues to do it, I'm telling you right now, this guy is going to be your worst nightmare at some point in time. Well, that's what's especially frustrating about this. You know, the first couple games of the season, he was kind of up and down. He had that real down game against Portland the first time. He had eight points and three rebounds in 26 minutes and just wasn't much of an impact. But then... His ne- his next two games were his best of the season, the 21 and 21 against Sacramento. In the game he got hurt against Cleveland, 17 points, 12 rebounds. It was only 24 minutes, though, and again, that was one of those, it's not just the numbers. Like, he was having an impact in no, that game. No, just watching him move his feet in yeah. that game. And that's where he got hurt. He came back. He played a little bit against Houston on November 4th, but he ha- he's played one game since before Halloween. And it's like, he is a guy that, if you're looking at ways the Suns can be better this year, Part of it is, okay, I want DA to improve, and he would improve. So it's just, in that sense, like, I don't think they need, they need him out there to beat teams like Houston, obviously, or New Orleans or whoever. But they need him out there to continue to evolve if they want to go as deep or deeper even in the playoffs this year. So that's just tough. I mean, you don't, you don't want to have an injury to a guy like that this early in the season, to your point, because he was doing some things yeah. a little bit better. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, who is the best team in the NFL? We'll rank our top five teams next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power Power Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, we could sit here and read other people, people's uh, power polls like um, Sports Illustrated. <laughs> who uh, Sports Illustrated. I guess they moved the Cardinals up to number four because yeah. remember they were number seven a couple weeks ago when they were undefeated? Was that the power poll? Yeah. They was, were number seven? Yeah. yeah. So now they've, they've shot up to number four by having the best record in the NFL, beating the team directly in front of them. And um, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Wow. <laughs> like, what are they doing over there? Man, you've got circumference. Seriously. Uh, there's another one, too, I wanted to throw out there uh, for the win. By uh, it's, it's basically associated with USA Today, and they have the Cardinals second, and that's fine. They have the Seahawks 14th. Okay, 14th. Well, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson, of course, yeah, okay. Pete Carroll. All right. Um, Just... They obviously have not watched a game <laughs> on the line of scrimmage. I mean, they, they have them over teams like the Colts, the Raiders, the Chiefs, all these teams that have been better, but whatever. We don't have to read those, Wolf. We're going to give you our power poll right okay. now, as we do every Wednesday morning. And so we will begin with number five. Number five. Okay, I'm going to start, uh, ladies and gentlemen, gather on the transistor and press the ear. I'm going to go with the sole American football conference team, ladies and gentlemen, that being the Tennessee Titans. At number five right now, seven and two, the Tennessee Titans don't like them as much as I once did, of course, without King Henry going forward. 
that defense is still very, very suspect for the most part. That is the one knock that I truly have on them. Don't know if that secondary is going to come around to the degree in which most people hope that it that it does. But the Tennessee Titans, number five. Yeah, I have the Titans number five, too, and I'll be honest, this is the one I struggled with the most because they are my only AFC team as well, and I kind of feel like I should have Baltimore ahead of them. Uh, I mean, I've been the guy with Buffalo on his list the last few weeks, but then they went out and lost to Jacksonville, so they're not on my list. But uh, with Tennessee, I, I do think that they're going to drop off this top five at some point, but you got to give them credit for going into L.A. and handling the Rams 28-16, even without Derrick Henry, so... I agree with you, Wolf. I actually uh, have Tennessee exactly at number five as well. Number four. Okay, listen, I realize I do love Bruce Arians. There's no doubt about that. Uh, The old school coach that is also a hyper-progressive at the same time. It makes him a walking, talking paradox. Having said that, Tom Brady and this defense is starting to get better and will get better as the season unfolds. Trust me on this. Tom Brady, of course, is Tom Brady. But Tom Brady needs that defense to be that defense and put them in certain situations where they're going to get some short fields. I believe that is coming in the second half of the season. Stay tuned on this. But the Bucks at 6-2, and two, Super Bowl champions, number four. That's interesting. All season I've had the Buccaneers lower than you, and now I'm going to have them higher than you. Uh, My number four team is the Green Bay Packers. I understand they lost last week because they didn't have Aaron Rodgers. There's no guarantee they'll have Aaron Rodgers again this week. Um, They're definitely still a top five team. They are the only team to beat the Cardinals, obviously. But I do wonder at some point, Wolf, if the Aaron Rodgers stuff becomes, maybe distraction is not the right word, but it's it's become a sideshow. Like He is on TV doing the Pat McAfee show every day that we're in here. Yeah. And and it's not like, hey, what do you think is going to happen this weekend against Seattle? It's like, no, this is why I don't believe in this or I do believe in this. No, I didn't tell my teammates or I did. Like, there's just – it's Aaron Rodgers. He really is one of the two or three best quarterbacks I've ever seen. He can overcome it if anybody can. But I, I don't see them winning the Super Bowl for some but reason. But for a guy that does not like to reveal his soul, it seems like that's exactly what he's doing on a daily basis at this point. And he just seems very different than he has for a good chunk of his career. I don't know. Here we go. Number three. Number three. Okay, listen, I, I'm going to continue to dig my heels in because I know the NFC West is the best, the beating heart, shall we say, of the football universe. And because of that, i Okay, <laughs> that that messed me up right that, there. That, All means, right. Um, that means you have fallen behind. Yes, the Rams at 7-2 and two right now, even though Matthew Stafford struggled in his last game, even though Matthew Stafford has looked a little vulnerable at certain points in this season, I'm going to say the Rams are still one of the best teams in the National Football League. Number three at seven and two. I don't know. Every every power poll I'm looking at has them number one. Wolf and Matthew Stafford is somehow the I, uh, I, the favorite to win just MVP. Stop it! Really? Yes. It's I've, like they didn't watch the last game. They just got embarrassed by Tennessee. Look, I think the Rams are a good team, but the two I'm looking at right now, yes, uh, for the win has them as the one team ahead of the Cardinals. But says right in there, Matthew Stafford is on the fast track for the MVP. Of what league? <laughs> he's not winning the MVP this season. Especially coming off half. that last, oh my goodness, the last game. I, oh man, I don't even know what to say about that. Even if it's not Kyler Murray, it's Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady um, or, I mean, over over Matthew Stafford right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, my, you're so weird, Luke. 
<laughs> it's my fault for reading these things. Uh, number three, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the reasons you just gave. I do. They're they are the most frightening team when you get into the playoffs yes. for a number of reasons uh, that I don't think we have to go into. So number three, I have Tampa Bay. Okay. Number two. Okay, my brothers, gather on the transistor. Here it is, the big announcement at number two. When you beat the number one team in the National Football League, you are number two as long as you only have two losses, and that's exactly what the Green Bay Packers have. Two losses. The Packers, number two. Yeah, I have the Rams number two. I still, I do think this is the best team outside of the Cardinals right now. Uh, hopefully, that's not foreshadowing and giving away the number one team. But I, 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 I'm going to give the Rams a mulligan that they just had a bad game on Sunday night. I don't know if they took the Titans a little bit lightly because Tennessee it was their first game without Derrick Henry. Tennessee is a decent team. It's not like they went out there and lost to Detroit or something. But um, so I'm still going to put LA number two. But those. Two through four, L.A., Tampa, and Green Bay all bunched up there for sure. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Okay. Eight and one. Taste it, National Football League. The Arizona Cardinals at eight and one. The number one team in the National Football League. Well, not according to all these that I'm reading, Wolf. <laughs> I still, I'm 100% right, you're with you. jabbing me this in the w- ribs right now. I, doing this power poll every Wednesday, there are parts of it. Like I said, number five, I really think maybe Baltimore should be in there. I don't think Buffalo is as bad as they look. Maybe Dallas. The top of the power poll this week is the easiest it's ever been. One team is 8-1. and one. They have beaten a lot of the teams that you would have in the top ten, let's say, of a Unbelievable. power poll. They have handled them. They've handled the team I have at number two. Yeah, it's the Cardinals, and it's not even close. Just think about this right here. The Arizona Cardinals at number one in the power poll, eight and one, of course. They beat the Titans. They're number five in the power poll. They beat the Rams. They're number three in the power poll. The one loss they have is number two, and the Packers are maybe number four, depending. But the Packers are in the top five of people's power polls, I would imagine, and they could have won that game. Uh, how in the world you would not have the Arizona Cardinals at number one? You're just you and refuse to change. Just admit it. If the Cardinals win the Super Bowl, do you think Sports Illustrated will have them number one, or will they still be like, Oh, uh, my goodness, man. It is so like, oh, bad. They, they cracked the top five this week by winning the Super Bowl. Anyway, so bad. that was the power poll. We do it every Wednesday at this time. Coming up, more fallout from Jokic versus Morris. We'll get into it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Pickup truck, import sedan. Wolf and Luke. All right, back to the NBA for a little bit. We didn't get too deep into this yesterday, Wolf, but uh, but now the uh, the the punishments have been handed out for the Nikola Jokic, Markeith Morris dust up from the other day from that Nuggets Heat game. So Jokic gets a game without pay. And uh, and Markeith Morris gets a fifty thousand dollar fine for his uh, his flagrant two foul, and then uh, Jimmy Butler got thirty thousand for attempting to escalate the altercation. Can you imagine getting a thirty thousand dollar fine for attempting to escalate an altercation? Yeah, mm, sounds like Jimmy Butler. <laughs> but once again, I, I I'm a Jimmy a Butler fan. 
I really am. His intensity and how he goes about his business, the two-way player that he is, yeah, I'm a fan. Did that play really need any uh, attempt at escalation? That was pretty ugly as it happened. Yeah, and that's the reason why I don't look at what Jimmy Butler did as well as anything that um, was odd or weird in any way, shape, or form. To me, he was responding to his teammate getting drilled, and his teammate did get drilled. Yeah, and, and I I get in the moment too. Like if you're a player on the floor, maybe you don't you didn't see everything that happened. If you just sure. if you just see the highlight when they first showed it, it was like wow, Jokic just lost his mind. He just threw Markeith Morris. Yes. He looks like Markeith's hurt. Like what's going? If you watch the whole play, <laughs> you see that Markeith Morris, whether he had that coming to him or not. Uh, was not innocent, as you would expect. He comes across, and I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, but it's not just the blindside hit on Jokic. It's the shot right to his knee. And remember, Jokic had sort of a knee issue earlier this season. I think it was against the Suns, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, he I mean, did. it wasn't yes. against the Suns, but he did. He did. He's he's had knee issues this season. Yeah, no, he definitely has. Um, yet at the same time, what happened to Jokic to me? The Joker did something that I totally understand. He he got hit he got fouled hard by Markeith Morris that to me was a dirty shot by Markeith Morris and I don't think that's a surprise to anybody no anybody that watches that with the take foul as well that is a dirty shot that Markeith Morris just gave to the Joker no doubt about that his reaction to that I have to tell you, Basinonians, as somebody that has lost his mind on a football field once um, stuff like that happens. It does. If I got hit like Jokic got hit, you better believe a, just a natural reaction is coming back of, I'm going to drill you. Is it right? No, it's wrong. It's completely wrong. But do I understand losing it as you're out there competing it? losing it while you're competing it that was good do i understand losing it while you're competing yes completely it's a natural reaction when you get cheap shotted to lose your mind while you're out there competing and tapped into the intensity tree well the narrative right after it happened was kind of like, all right, is this something teams may try to exploit against Jokic? Because remember, Jokic lost it against the Suns in the playoffs last year. Um, and that was more, I think, I think there was some frustration of having an MVP season that was about to get swept out the door on top of some other stuff. Sure. But this specific play is is pretty dirty by Markeith Morris. And, I, and like I said, I'm not saying, oh, Jokic 100% should do that, but... I don't know that teams are going to look at this and be like, okay, that's how we get to Jokic. If you kind of instigate him, he might lose it. Like, yeah, if you run at him and stick your knee into his knee and blindside him, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess this was, uh, this was, here, I'll give you Miami's coach, Eric Spolstra, talking about the foul. You know, then just, just slapping somebody, but after I watched it on film, it was a take foul. You know, that's how I saw it. Uh, and the play, you know, after that, that's just absolutely uncalled for. Um, and it would have looked a lot different. It, 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 this whole thing could have been a whole lot uglier if Markeith was actually facing Jokic. You know, the fact that he had his back turned uh, and he made a play like that, um, you know, blindsiding him, that's uh, just a very dangerous play. Do you want Michael Malone's 
I mean, we may as well get both uh, yes, both coaches. I'd love I'm that. guessing it's going to be a little bit different. I haven't watched it, you know, so I'll look at it. Uh, I, I know from just seeing it live, uh, Morris fouled Joker, then Joker went and pushed him from behind, and then all hell broke loose. But um, I'll have to go back and look at the film. Um, I, I think the referees did a good job of breaking it up and trying to re, you know, restore order. Somewhat of an ugly end to a great game for us, but you know, we're not going to allow that to take away from the win. Don't forget about that, too. It was a 17-point uh, Denver lead at that point. So I don't know if Markeith Morris is doing that if it's like a two-point game. Maybe. I mean, yeah, you never totally he, know. He, well, first of all, what Markeith Morris did, he did intentionally. Yeah, you don't Make no mistake that. about that right now. And, and again, listen, I, I've played against guys like Markeith Morris. I have played against guys that were cheap shot artists. I mean, that was a take foul. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He was just trying to follow him at that point in time. Yet at the same time, he was doing that with a purpose. There was no doubt about that. He went into Joker and went into him hard. And if you're not ready for that and you've got your your arms up the way Joker did into the ribs, I guarantee you that elbow didn't feel really good. No. And then the knee as well. He went into him and he went into him with intent. There's no denying that. So it was a cheap shot by Markeith Morris to go into Joker that physical at that point in time with the game already in the balance. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the. it's not like oh, we had to foul him to get him to shoot some free throws so we could work our way back in. There's 239 left in a 17-point game. Correct. Uh, the, the best part of this video, though, without a doubt, is those two starting to go at it. And the nearest player on Miami, have you seen this, is Tyler Hero. And so, I mean, he just turns around and sees his teammate getting shoved. Sure. So he's like, okay, i got to step in there against... <laughs> he just has this look on his face like, uh, I have to step in there against Nikola Jokic, and I'm tiny, tiny Tyler yes, Hero. He's right, not exactly. tiny, but compared to Jokic. Well, you like, know what, at least he did. He stepped in yeah, there. And he kind of, he, he walked towards him. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, say right. he really got it, into it. No, I know. You're right. It wasn't really a step with certitude. No, no doubt about it. You but just see the look again, on his you've face. you've got to protect your teammate at some point in time, and you have to wonder where this ends now. Where does this actually end? Well, it's 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 escalated to Marcus Morris bringing it up on social media Correct. and the Jokic brothers responding to him. I don't know that I would want to mess with the Jokic brothers. That's oh. uh, <laughs> We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Who's the toughest family out there right now? And as the Jokic is really you're you're talking about his brothers. Yeah, they are units, right? They're they're big dudes themselves. They look like they could box professionally. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens the next time these two teams actually play. Although I will say this, there's something less intimidating about them sharing a Twitter account to go after Marcus Morris. Yeah. Like I wanted to see like individual Jokic's coming after him, not just the Jokic brothers on Twitter. Yeah, this is something once again though that you're going to have to watch because you got to protect your teammate. You have to stand up for your teammates. I know that there are times you have to stand up for yourself when you're competing out there, and somebody gives you a cheap shot. You got to let them know. Whichever way you do that, you got to let them know it's not okay. It's not okay for them to do that. Um. You know, we used to while while competing base in Onions, I'll tell you this right now. We we policed ourselves. It was one of the most beautiful things you could possibly have in a football game. You had a game going on within the game and it was okay, um, you cheap shot at our guy, you used to just run to the sideline and say forty one. Forty one. And everyone knew exactly what that meant. Forty oh forty one. 
If you got a shot at 41, knock his face off. Knock it off. It's a little bit maybe easier to do that in football than the NBA, but I will say this. Um, yes, it's Miami and Denver. They don't play very often each season, right? right. So, yeah, okay, but they can play in April, and this is going to kind of have died down. No, no, they play in less than three weeks. No yeah. way. Yeah, they play November oh, man, 29th is, in okay, Miami. November, let me get my phone and yeah, write that in. Make sure. You're, November 29th. Don't write on your phone. Don't. Um, November 29th. Okay. Okay, that's probably worth watching. Coming up, you can feel the energy around the Cardinals this season, so just how far can it take them? Two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks will join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.